It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Wednesday, May 4th, insert Star Wars joke here. Welcome to Not Gambling Advice. I'm Peter, that's Colby. I have been sick the past couple days. I apologize for not giving you the normal Not Gambling Advice. I haven't even really been on the JB show lately. So Colby, it's just good to be back with you and we get to talk buy or sell fantasy players. We have three hitters and three pitchers. I have two hitters and a pitcher. You have two pitchers and a hitter. I'm excited to talk with you today because I haven't been feeling that well, but I'm back. Dude, it's good to have you back, man. I, I miss talking to you. I, I have something a little off topic for you to start the episode. Okay. I made a trade in the Dynasty League over the weekend. Actually, maybe two days ago. Tell me kind of it. a big deal. Tell me about it. I traded. So I have Kyle Wright on my Dynasty team. Luckily, just kept him around. I had him for $6, kind of just forgot to drop him. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll see how the season goes. Turns out Kyle Wright just turned into a beast, right? He has a 1.13 ERA. All his FIP numbers are crazy. He's striking out everybody, and he looks like a completely different pitcher. Arm wrote about it on JustBaseball.com. Guess who I just traded him for, though? I traded him for Julio Rodriguez, straight up. Straight up. So you got Julio Rodriguez traded away Kyle Wright in a dynasty league. A full dynasty league, and I get Julio Rodriguez... So Kyle Wright was $6. Julio was $1. We basically just swap salaries. So I pay Julio $6. Now he pays Kyle Wright $1. No matter how Kyle Wright does, I don't even care because Julio Rodriguez in his last, Peter, in his last 40 plate appearances, he has a 186 WRC plus, a 23% K rate. He's not striking out 50% anymore. He has finally acclimated. He is finally here and he's stolen five bags over that span. Are you talking about the same Julio Rodriguez that leads the league in steals and hasn't unlocked any of the power yet, which we project will be near 40 home runs and the batting average is probably going to be around 280. That Julio Rodriguez, the one who might be the best overall bat in the entire minor leagues and you got him for three good weeks of Kyle Wright. Yeah, I'd say you did pretty well there. But with that said, Kyle Wright, is looking like a real pitcher. That wasn't just someone you were easily ready to throw away. How about what's your view on Kyle Wright in not a dynasty league this year? Where where do you think if you're a fantasy manager is like, I want to go get that guy or you have him on your team and everybody's asking for trades. What do you do with him right now? I mean, man, I wouldn't settle for, for I wouldn't trade him away unless you're getting a really, really good player, like a top 40 or 50 player at this point. I think Kyle Wright 
looks like a completely different pitcher and looks to me like he's possibly a top 20 pitcher. You know, obviously we got to see a little bit more, but he has the stuff right now that's playing up to be a high end pitcher. Another trade I just did, and we, then we can get into the episode. We don't go into this one too much can, longer. Can I say, though, the reason I asked you that question is because in one of my leagues, I have Kyle Wright. I was offered Jose Barrios for Kyle Wright straight up, and I said no. I traded Jose Barrios for Javi Baez recently. So, yeah, we're just – it's trade season, everybody. It's trade season, everybody. But, yeah, I mean, Peter, that's what I thought I'd update you on. We can get into the episode now, and, and I want to hear – from you, right? What are your yeah, hitters? But you, you said like? you said you had another trade. Fill us in because I like this for fantasy because right now it is trade season. So I traded Jose Barrios for Javier Baez. I needed power. I needed a little speed. And my team was just kind of lacking RBIs and, and, and home runs. And Jose Barrios has such a good ERA right now, but the peripherals don't look great. He, he, he isn't getting the whiffs that he once was. The command's kind of all over the place. I thought I'd sell high on Jose Barrios now before he has a string of three or four starts and everybody goes, Hmm, what's going on there? You know, I'm going to sell high now and, and get, you know, Javier Baez is having a really, really solid season right now. And I, I think in fantasy, if you're playing in a category league. He he's a top close to a top 60 player. So if we're talking about selling, we have three hitters. Uh, it might be a buy or sell depends on the player, but we have three of them. So I'll start with the first guy I'm selling. Cause you kind of got a bonus pick in there with Jose Barrios as a guy we're probably selling and Kyle Wright as a guy that we're buying. So the first sell is Whit Merrifield of the Kansas city Royals. Did you know that Whit Merrifield has the second lowest WRC plus in all of baseball, all of baseball for hitters that qualify at 18. That's 82% below average in a league right now that is really low on offense. And those are compared to the rest of his peers in the league. Number one is Fran Reyes at number 12. The thing why I'm worried about Whit Merrifield is, is Whit Merrifield is still a good player, but I don't think that we're ever going to see a 300 batting average from him again. And even like a 280 that he put up last year, I don't know if we're going to get that from him this year. He bats first in the lineup, which means for the Royals, he's going to get a ton of at-bats. I mean, this guy's been a warrior, hasn't missed a game since 2018, and a ton of run-scoring opportunities. But not only is Whit Merrifield playing terrible, he has nobody really to drive him in either. Salvador Perez has not looked like the exact same bat, the guy who hit 48 home runs and drove in 120 RBIs. The Royals' offense as a whole looks putrid, so those runs, maybe even some RBI opportunities won't be there. The only thing that's really going to be there, Colby, in my opinion for him, is the steals. And as one year older, I don't know if we're going to get 40 again. I don't think that we're going to get 10 home runs from Whit Merrifield in other years where he might have been 15 to 20. I think this guy is a... 260 to a 270 hitter with less than 10 home runs and between about 35 stolen bases. The way he was getting drafted is not that level of production. For me, he's still a good fantasy player. He's not going to ruin you because he's got the speed and he does have totally the possibility of hitting for a higher average. I just don't see it. He's not hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the ball on the ground. I'm selling Whit Merrifield right now to an owner who wants a second baseman or an outfielder. I'm going to spin zone it here and I'm going to go the other way. I think right now might actually be a time for you to buy low on Whit Merrifield. I think he only has anywhere to go, but up. he can't be worse than a 15 WRC plus and a 151 batting average. And that's kind of signaled from 
a batting average balls in play of 173. That's one of the lowest in baseball right now. That many around his career. I mean, it's not like he's striking out. He everything looks to be around where it was, you know, for his career norms, and he's actually hitting the ball. His hard hit rate's the hardest of his career. I, I mean, I wonder if this could be a little bit have to do with it just being cold and this new dead ball a little bit. But I think right now could actually be a really good time for you to go out and get a Whit Merrifield if somebody's willing to give him up. Because that, I mean, if he, if you don't have to pay a lot for a guy like this, I think the upside is there. I, I don't think that he can get any worse than this. And I think, to me, he's not really showing that he's any different. How is he not showing that he's any different? Because you just you just mentioned the BABIP and the hard hit rate. He hasn't hit that many balls. So some of the balls that What do you mean hit, to hit that many balls? He hasn't hit that many balls into play. He's hitting 151. He hasn't hit that many balls. So of the hard hit balls, some can be skewed. I think that hard hit rate for a guy hitting as low as he has isn't doesn't really signify that we're looking at a guy who consistently is going to hit the ball hard all year. I mean, I, I think he's he's paying the ball into play. He only has a 13% K rate. And, you know, he does, like I said, his, his hard hit rate's the highest of his career. But um, I don't know. I think it, I think it really is a time to buy low on Whit Merrifield right now if you're if you're an owner that's in need of steals and, and you can get steals for cheap maybe on Whit Merrifield right now. Up to you, I guess. I, I would I would sell on him. I, I you just you just said you should buy low on him, but then didn't give me any reason besides the fact that he has a decent hard hit rate and you could buy low on some speed. My thing is he is supposed to be one of the best second basemen in fantasy. And I just don't see him as that. I'm saying if you have owners in your league who still believe he's one of the better second basemen in fantasy, you should trade him to one of those. I'm not saying he's droppable. I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm just saying in a fantasy lens, if you have an owner who believes he's still one of the better fantasy second basemen, I would trade him to try and get something else because I don't view him as one of the better fantasy second basemen. Yeah, that's fair. I think we're just going to have to split the difference here because I really do think that he's showing that he's not he's the same hitter as he was last year where he put up a 277 line. Obviously, it's nothing crazy special, right? But he had 97 runs last year. I think for the rest of the year, we could be looking at kind of the same hitter as he was last year. And you could get that for really cheap right now. I disagree. Who's your who's your next? My next guy is. I don't know if he's the most, I think he might be the most exciting player in baseball right now, at least in recent, in the last two weeks, he's one of the most exciting players in baseball. And last night we had him on our Twitter on the highlight reel and that highlight reel went ballistic. Jazz Chisholm with the Miami Marlins is looking like he's going to be an all-star this year. He's hitting 306, 17 RBIs, four home runs, four stolen bases. And I think you should buy the crap out of this guy. He has a career high 49% hard hit rate last year. Just just on the problem was that he was hitting everything on the ground this year, career high line drive rate, career high fly ball rate. And at the beginning of the year, we saw that the Marlins were just playing games with him. They were, they were hitting him ninth in the order. They weren't playing him against lefties. And the funny thing is, man, is since the Marlins put Jazz Chisholm into the leadoff spot, they started winning. And I think that he's locked down that leadoff spot and he's shown that he is the star of the Marlins. I mean, literally they, they almost sold out Lone Depot park over the weekend. They haven't done that in forever. And a big reason for that is Jesse Chisholm. But from a fantasy perspective, you're getting a leadoff guy who really does have the potential to be a 30, 30 guys. We talked to him in the season, but he's actually doing it now. He's actually doing it with high end RBI production, high end run production, this guy might be pushing top five second baseman right now. 
he might be pushing top five second baseman right now. Is he going to be a guy who, like, where do you see him finishing off at the end of the year? Because the one thing that I like about what Jazz Chisholm has changed about his game is that, um, I mean, last year, guys were trying to spin him to death. They weren't trying to throw him as many fastballs, and he didn't hit very well at breaking balls. So I was I was interested to see how was he going to adjust in his second season off breaking balls when I assume pitchers would throw them more. And they haven't been throwing them necessarily more, like a tick more, but not anything crazy. But he's hitting 357 off breaking balls, 400 off off-speed pitches. But he's only hitting about 241 off fastballs. That's going to tick up as well. I like Jazz Chisholm. I'm just curious where you see him slotting out like a final slash line for Jazz Chisholm. Yeah, man. I mean, right now I could see him finishing off the year with, you know, a 270 average, 25, 28 home runs, 25 stolen bases. I think he has potential for 80, 85 RBIs and about the same in runs. You really are getting even the potential for more. I think those are conservative estimates. And this is a guy that, that for the Marlins, he's going to be their all-star. He really is going to be their all-star. So I, I, I think the time is now to buy. If somebody's trying to sell high, I think you can buy high on him, especially in a dynasty league. But even in even in redraft, then if you need that that kick of power and speed, he has a 355 ISO. He's putting the ball in the air. He's doing everything preseason that we had questions about. He's doing them all. Agreed. I'm a big believer in jazz shows. And we we talked about at the beginning of the year. It was only the is he going to be a 240 guy? With his 2020, because we knew the power and the speed was there, but now he's hitting 306. I don't think he's going to hit 306 this year, but I also don't think he's going to hit 240. I think he's going to be closer to 270. And when he's 270 with the home runs and the steals, with the possibility of more power, because he's really already starting to show it, he's a great player. He's a great player to get. I will talk about my first buy. So I sold Whit Merrifield, but I am now buying Max Kepler of the Minnesota Twins. Max Kepler was one of my preseason underrated fantasy players. So I thought it'd be good to evaluate his start to the season. And Max Kepler is doing very well. He's hitting around 247. He's got an OPS near 850. He's got five bombs. He's got a steal. But the reason why I also love Max Kepler is that, and these are a couple of reasons, his ground ball rate is really high right now. It's about 47%. Usually that's much closer to 35 to 37%. I think that will normalize as he continues to hit the ball really hard. Like I said, he's hitting the ball really hard. He's taking more walks than ever. His home run to fly ball rate is high, but it's not outlandish. This guy, Max Kepler, hit 36 home runs in 2019. He stole 10 bases in 2021. He already has a stolen base, and he only had one in 2019. I think the speed is becoming a part of his game. Even you look at his sprint speed, it seems that he's even ticked up a little bit at least in registered sprint speed this year. I don't know if he's like all that faster now, but he's definitely improved as a base runner and any extra speed will take. So he's got the power, I think, to hit 30 home runs and he's got the speed to steal you 10 bags. I don't think he's going to hit 270, but his expected batting average right now is 289 compared to the 241. I think he's going to be in the 260 range. You give me a 260 guy with 30 bombs and 10 stolen bases. And you, he was getting drafted at the end of rounds because in 2021, it wasn't that great. I love what Max Kepler has been doing this year, and I'm still buying him. I, I believe in this kind of, not renaissance, because renaissance is the bad word, because it wasn't that long ago when 2019 happened. But I think this will be his best season since that year. We were harping on Max Kepler coming to the year as a guy that you should have as a sleeper candidate coming into your drafts. And now he's delivering on that. 
the question we had at the beginning of the year was, could he hit lefties? Because yeah. he was kind of that platoon guy where he mashes righties, um, but he doesn't hit lefties. And this year, he has a 199 WRC plus against lefties. He's striking out just 12% of the time. He's taking his walks, though, against lefties. Guys are pitching around him, and he has a 23% walk rate against lefties. That's awesome to see because if he's a guy that can be in the lineup every single day for the Twins and you don't have to worry about him getting platooned, that only increases his value by so much more. So I agree, Peter. I think Max Kepler is a guy we, we coming to the season, we, we saw as a sleeper with 30, 35 home run upside with some speed and that twins lineup. That's really good. He's going to be hitting towards the top of it. Um, I love this guy as a guy to go get, he's definitely a hot option out there right now um, as a guy that, that a lot of guys have been picking up. And um, I don't know if owners will necessarily be willing to trade him right now for a cheap cost, but it's definitely worth it to put some feelers out there. And if he's still on your waiver wire, go get him now. Go get him now. And before we break into our pitchers buying or selling, we want to talk to you about prize picks. We partner with prize picks, not gambling advice is now presented here by prize picks and what prize picks is. You can find the link in our episode description. Think of it as DFS props. It is a crazy, awesome prop builder in a way. Think of it as a book. You get to place different props for Example, on day one, we had three different props over, under strikeouts for individual pitchers. That smacked. That was awesome. Thanks to my guy Colby over here. Day two, we have another one. So every single day, we will be dropping our prize picks, three picks a day, different kind of props, whether it be over a hit, under strikeouts, over total bases, any prop that you can imagine, get them on prize picks. It's awesome for fantasy as well. Since we're fantasy and gambling, it makes a ton of sense, right, Colby? Yeah, you should tail along with us. We're doing it every single day. You guys should want to tail along with us, just like you do our picks every single day. It's such a blast. We're going to be doing it throughout the entire MLB season. So excited to be partnered with Prize Picks. So thank you, Prize Picks. So let's get into our starting pitchers, whether we will buy or sell. And I only have one, and this one you have two. So why don't you start with your first sell of pitchers in fantasy baseball? So I, yeah, so my sell here is Michael Lorenzen of the Angels. And he has had a really, really solid start to the year. He's a guy that had his first start as a major leaguer this year. You know, people didn't view him as a starter. He was a reliever for the Reds, came to the Angels. Kind of, they were advertising him as possibly being a two-way guy. I don't think he's going to get the chance to do that. Um, But he's been really, really solid thus far. And to me, he looks kind of like a Lance McCullers light. So you might be hearing that and go, Colby, why are you selling? Well, he has a 3.04 ERA, and I don't think that's going to hold. And someone is going to be in love with that hype. The reason I don't like Michael Lorenzen right now, he's giving up a ton of loud contact, 43% hard hit rate against him right now. He's not getting whiffs. He only has about a 16, 17% K rate, and he has subpar command. He has a high walk rate, and he leaves balls over the middle of the plate eventually this hard contact is going to catch up to him. Eventually his lack of command is going to catch up with him. And I think he, he, I mean, he just went eight, eight and a third against the white Sox, but he only had two K's in that outing, right? Amazing outing on paper. But when you look deeper, it's like, did you just get lucky? And I think somebody might be really, really sold on Michael Lorenzen. He's not owned in a ton of places. He's only owned in 22% of ESPN leagues right now, a little bit higher than that in Yahoo. Um, but I think if you're in, in one of those deeper leagues, like a 12 man or, or even deeper than that, there's somebody out there that really needs pitching right now. And you should jump at the bit to sell Michael Lorenzen now for someone 
you know, maybe another position of need. It, and I'm not saying that Michael Lorenzen is a bad pitcher and that he's not going to provide really valuable innings for this Angels team the rest of the way. It's just that he's overperforming what he will do later on this year. And I think you get more value for him right now than you will in, in a month. Here's my thing about Michael Lorenzen, because it's funny, Colby. Would you agree or disagree that watching Michael Lorenzen, just straight eye test, looks like a good pitcher? Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, he's a he's right? fantastic pitcher to watch. He's fantastic. Gets a ton of ground balls. Ground balls, throws the ball hard, clean mechanics, looks good, has a good start to the year. But when we dive into the pitches, this is where my problem comes. He throws his sinker almost 35% of the time. It's one of, the, one of his most used pitches, but he doesn't throw it at all to left-handed batters. So against lefties, the pitch that he throws the most, it's not going to really matter against left-handed bats. The slider, which he throws about 20% of the time, he uses to both, but it's a 500 batting average against. The slider itself, I test by the numbers, not a very good pitch. And that's his best secondary offering. That's his best off-speed pitch, or at least the one he throws more, more often than not. Then he has his four-seam fastball, which is down almost two miles an hour in velocity since last year. Last year, of course, he was a reliever. Now he's a starter. But we shouldn't expect the 96.6 miles an hour fastball that we saw in the bullpen. It's more 94 to 95, and it's still solid. Doesn't have a ton of movement. Doesn't, doesn't get any whiffs and has been hit decently hard. And he's got a fine change up and he's got to kind of throw it too much though. It's exactly. Just, yeah. Like there's not much individually there where I'm like, I can hang my hat on that pitch because a sinker, he's not going to throw to lefties. The slider gets hit regardless. And the fastball is all right. And then he has a couple other that he might toe the line with. There isn't really anything to say where it's like, well, okay, the fastball has him great so far, but look at the slider or the slider has been great so far. But wow, can he throw a fastball to any batter? No, that's not the case. That's why I'm souring slightly on Michael Lorenz. And I totally yeah, and and I don't think it's totally souring because I think he's yes. still a super solid pitcher. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs. He gets a lot of ground balls. It's just that I think right now, after the start to the season that he's had, you know, with a 3.04 ERA, people, someone out there in your league is going to be obsessed with Michael Lorenz and think he's the next like top tier pitcher and you should find whoever that is and trade it agreed i will move on to mine but this is a buy i am buying tyler malley of the cincinnati reds so tyler malley is a 27 year old pitcher for the reds and he had a great year last year struck out a bunch of dudes was a popular pick in fantasy this year and he's gone off to one of the worst starts possible actually the worst start possible because he has a six four five era that is the worst ERA in baseball for all of those that qualify right now. But Colby, what if I told you he has a 2.87 expected ERA? He's just been one of the most unlucky pitchers in the entire sport. He's not giving up hard contact. He's getting guys to chase. He's getting guys to whiff. He's, he's not really allowing barrel on ball. All of his pitches Look fine to me. The split finger has been hit so far this year, but the batting average on it is 357 compared to a 247 expected batting average. The slider is still good. I mean, it hasn't been great performing wise this year, but it performed great last year, and it's a better pitch than what has been showing thus far. He's a guy with crazy home road splits, and he's thrown a lot of his games at home where he's worse than pretty much every other pitcher. He had like a 5 5 ERA at home last year. 
two six ERA or something on the road. Most of his starts have been at home this year. This is a guy who I love to play his matchups because of that discrepancy. I continually see, oh, Tyler Malley's at home again. He's probably going to get blown up. That's been the case so far this year. He is a better pitcher than what he's shown, not only just by the numbers, but by the teams that he's faced and the environment that he's played in. Yes. Do you want your pitcher to be that bad at home on your fantasy team? You know, Tyler Malley is pitching at great American ballpark and you're like, oh God, is he going to just give up a bunch of runs again? He might, but his overall body of work will be really good by the end of the year. And he's going to get much better than his six, four, five ERA. I like that he's been throwing his split finger more. He's throwing it right now 25% of the time. Last year, only 16% of the time. And that's one of his best pitches. And I think we've seen guys like Kevin Gosman, even Otani, and um, you know, we've seen these guys throw their split finger more with, with added success. And I like that he's kind of taking that to heart. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Peter. It's a small sample. He got beaten up by pitches that he probably shouldn't have, and it'll happen early in the year. So if there is an owner out there that that isn't a believer in Tyler Malley and wants to just sell. Uh, absolutely. I think the only, there's two things that I'm a little concerned with, with Malley is one his velocity is down just a hair right now, yes. a mile an hour. I, I don't know if I'm really going to put too much weight into that. It's early in the year. Um, and he hasn't really, the stuff is still there. He's still getting the results. So I'm not going to really put too much weight into that. The only other thing is that he plays for the Reds. <laughs> You know, that stadium is one brutal, but I think aside from that, it's just the Reds are just so bad that there's not much win upside there, if at all. I mean, they have, what, three, four wins right now, and they just really can't win ballgames. But he's going to give them the best chance, really, of anybody until Luis Castillo comes back. So, And he struck out 30% of hitters in 2020. He struck out 28% of hitters in 2021. He's currently striking out 23 and a half. He's going to be right back up to that 29, 28%. He's a really good strikeout pitcher. That's why I like him for fantasy. He gets me a ton of Ks and he doesn't walk a ton of guys. He doesn't have the best command, but 10.8% walk rate this year. That's the highest of his career. It's most normally near the 8% ish range. I think that's going to normalize as well. I just think Tyler Malley is all around a better pitcher, but you're right. The win upside in Cincinnati won't be there, but everything else is in my opinion. I'm going to move on to my next guy and I'm not going to say his name, but I'm just going to list out some stats and shock you at the end. So this guy that I'm going to talk about, he's added a mile an hour of velocity. He has a two nine eighty RA since 2021. He has the fourth highest K rate in baseball this year at 37%. He also has the best four seam whiff rate in all of baseball among starters. And you might be thinking, who is this? This has got to be some top 10, top 15 pitcher, right? Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Eric Lauer on the (laughs) Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, we always talk about the Brewers as if they have, you know, the three-headed monster up top, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. But Eric Lauer is turning into this fourth head of this monster. And it's incredible what this guy has done this year. He's completely changed his repertoire too. He's cut out the use of his changeup which was a fine pitch, but the number, the peripherals didn't look good on it. He's decreased his fastball usage, which would, you might be thinking, wait, didn't you say he had the highest four seam whiff rate in baseball? Yes. But I think him decreasing that usage actually helped his case. And he's become this fastball slider cutter curveball guy. And it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome what he is doing. And I don't think that everybody out there 
really takes to heart how good Eric Lauer is because they just view that three-headed monster of the Milwaukee Brewers as those are the dudes. And Eric Lauer is becoming a dude and you need to buy right now. Colby, what do we say about pitches that perform well? What do we say to the pitchers that they should do more next year? Throw it more. Throw it more. Eric Lauer's best off-speed pitch last year was his slider. What's his most? And it was used after his four-seam cutter and curveball, then his slider. So it was his fourth Fourth most used pitch. This year, it's his second most used pitch, and it's his best off-speed pitch. It's clear he's made these tangible adjustments, and this is actually a good pitcher. I mean, you just go down the line. What if I told you I got a lefty, throw 94 to 95, he's got an 88-mile-an-hour slider, He's got a 78 to 79 mile curveball. So he mixes up speeds really well, but also he's going to get a cutter in on right-handed batters hands. And he's also going to throw a changeup just to, just to be cool. That sounds like he a can really cool. good pitcher. That kind of sounds like Brendan Woodruff, except Brendan Woodruff's a righty. And this guy's a lefty. Not exactly. Brendan Woodruff is a better pitcher than Eric Lauer. No, but when but, I go but, through it, yeah, you're kind of like, wait a minute. It's not that far off. I'm really telling you, this guy is is not in that, not in the Brandon Woodruff, not in the Corbin Burns echelon, and he's probably not in the Freddie Peralta echelon either, even though he struggled to begin the year. But I'm telling you, man, Eric Lauer is making a case to me, just like I, I'm just doing some mental math here. He's right on the border of that like top 30, top 35 window of high upside arms. I mean, he is a super high upside arm, and he's established himself as a guy that was throwing 91 miles an hour in 2020, then last year added a little bit of velocity. He was throwing 92 and a half last year. Now he's all the way up to 94 and he's even pumping up to 96, 97 miles an hour. We haven't seen that, but the most important thing you can do to pitch better is increase your velocity. You know, it's one thing to throw your best pitches more. We always love that. That's one thing, but throwing harder is the easiest way to, to see better results. And he's doing exactly that does tend to help occasionally when a guy starts throwing a little bit harder. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but it all, it's not just that he's throwing harder too. It's that the fastball is just better because of the way he uses it. So overall, he just has a great pitch repertoire. And this isn't a guy who, you know, Eric Lauer is some 31 year old or something. Who's just having a great season so far. And we love what we were saying. No, no, no. This is a 26 year old pitcher. 25 last year, 24 in 2020. He was a first round guy drafted in 2016 out of Kent State. Also, do you remember the trade? He was in a trade for Trent Grisham. Eric Lauer and Luis Arias went over to the Milwaukee Brewers for Trent Grisham, who is now a San Diego Padre. Don't you think the San Diego Padres might be kicking themselves a little bit considering the tirade I went on about how Trent Grisham is like barely a starter while they have Eric Lauer who would be one of the better pitchers in San Diego's rotation combined with the fact that Luis Arias might just be straight up better than Trent Grisham by himself and we tend to give teams the win on trades too early and I think we're doing it right now with we we did it with Trent Grisham a little bit I'm not saying we did it but I think like baseball as a collective was like wow the Padres stole Trent Grisham and I don't think that's the case I think we might be doing it with Randy at Rosarena a little bit too, man. We haven't seen Matthew Libertor just yet. That's that might end up being a trade that we see in three, four, five years. We're like, man, we were so hyped up on Randy and then Matthew Libertor turned out to be really good. And Randy kind of tailed off. So don't judge trades too early. Lesson learned. That's the message of this episode. Don't judge trades too early and buy actually 
it depends. Who do you believe, me or Colby? That's what you should do with Whit Merrifield. Who do you believe? I'm selling. He's buying. Who do you believe? Maybe people? tell us in the comments. Tell, tell us, us in, the, in comments. the comments. Let us know the other buys and sells. So just to recap, just to recap really fast, I'm selling with Merrifield. I'm buying Matt Kepler, Max Kepler, excuse me. And I'm also buying Tyler Malley of the Cincinnati Reds. Give us a quick recap of yours and then we'll say goodbye. Bye, 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 Jazz Chisholm. Sell Michael Lorenzen. You know, he, he's a deeper guy, deeper league guy. But if somebody out there believes he's an ace, sell him. Eric Lauer, for, fourth head of that monster. Fourth head. I'm buying the hell out of Eric Lauer. So that'll do it for this episode of Not Gambling Advice. Get your Just Baseball March. It's in the episode description. Check out Prize Picks. We'd just like to thank Prize Picks for sponsoring this show. As well Use code as- Just Baseball. Exactly. Follow us on Twitter at gambling underscore advice, even though it's not gambling advice that is in the episode description as well. We'll be back on Friday. So with that, 